Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic, our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com. What's going on, Bears fans? As you know, sports betting season is in full force right now, which means you need a sports book with integrity and longevity like BetUS. BetUS have been pioneers in the sports book industry for nearly three decades, thriving and paying you, the loyal customer. What's great about BetUS is they have loads of bonuses, so join now at BetUS.com today and receive a 125% sign-up bonus by using code CHICAGO125. BetUS has all your NFL games with team and player props and loads of NFL futures and odds. BetUS also gives you plenty of options in addition to the NFL. You can bet on college football games, PGA golf, UFC matches, the NBA, and more. They have every bet type imaginable, and the BetUS mobile platform is easy to use with full betting options. Follow my lead. Get your phone online and social sports betting partner with integrity and longevity like I did. Cash on your 125% sign-up bonus at BetUS.com with our code CHICAGO125. BetUS. You bet, you win, you get paid. BetUS. You're listening to the Chicago Audible Podcast, changing up the way Bears fans stay up-to-date on their favorite team since 2015. Now get ready. Because it's time to bear down. What's going on, Bears fans? This is Nicholas Moriano here from the Chicago Audible, and I'm flying solo for this post-game, post-game podcast. Obviously, the Bears lost to the Minnesota Vikings on Monday Night Football, 17-9, and this is now Tuesday afternoon. It was a long night uh, for me. I had to do some writing, did a stand-up live at Soldier Field before the lights cut out, so they didn't get a chance to do the, the podcast at Soldier Field. So I figured I'd rewatch the game, listen to a couple of the press conferences, even though I was at them, rewatch them, listen to what Matt Nagy had to say today, and then do this podcast. And it's going to be a condensed version because it's just me. And honestly, I don't think anybody really wants to talk about the Bears at this point being at 4-10, and 10, mathematically eliminated from the playoffs. So I get it. If you don't want to be here, completely understand but I'll still break it down and give you my insight on what I thought on this Monday night loss, second primetime loss for the Bears now this um, in a row these past two games. But like we usually do, we'll start off with our first quarter. I'll start with like my opening statement. And what I kind of wrote about in my, my article today that came out on Bear Goggles On is that despite the, the Bears having 14 players on the reserve slash COVID-19 list, that wasn't the reason why this team lost 
to the Minnesota Vikings last night. It was really those self-inflicted shooting themselves in the foot, as Justin Fields put it in his post-game press conference. That occurred throughout the entirety of the game. You can look at all three of the turnovers. Justin Fields' fumble, David Montgomery's fumble inside of the Minnesota 13-yard line, Demir Bird's uh, muff punt. You can look at the, I would say, coverage breakdowns uh, in the secondary where you had Amir Marset wide open. Everyone was kind of focused on Justin Jefferson, and I get it, but nobody covered him. And then Justin Jefferson runs a nice corner route on Deion Bush, who does have outside leverage, but the spacing there. That's a lot to ask for a backup safety to guard one of the best uh, wide receivers in the league. But obviously those two touchdowns were far too much for this Bears team to overcome. But you look at those self-inflicted wounds, add in all of the personal foul penalties. I think the Bears were penalized nine times on the day, if I'm not mistaken, uh, including one from, from Matt Nagy, who argued the call the, on the hit by Deion Bush over the middle on the field on Conklin, the tight end. And I get that emotional and I'll, I'll get to that play later because I don't know what defenders are supposed to do in this league. It's hard to be a defender, to be completely honest, because the, the window to kind of hit players, the opposing offensive players, it, it seems very minimal, but we'll get into that. But I, I kind of talked about, it was these bears self-inflicted wounds that really lost them the game, not being out, you know, four, 14 players, their whole entire starting secondary, because that defense, they played well enough to win. So I'll leave it at that. Now, this is where Mason usually has a standout stat. And, you know, I think there's a couple of ones that you look at just, just looking at the ESPN page. Whether it's a 2 for 12 on third down for this Bears offense, shoot, even nine points offensively for, for an offense that is you know had an explosive half against the Green Bay Packers. I think we're kind of starting to see, or we should know by now, who this Bears offense really is. And this was with, of course, as any, as many of you know, and Matt Nagy said it last night, Matt Nagy calling the plays. That showed as well. But, yeah, there's a couple of stats that really stand out. The nine penalties for 91 yards. And the refs did help the Bears, or didn't help the Bears, really. Uh, they helped the Bears get those, those penalties up. But there are a lot of questionable calls, to say the least. So that about wraps it up for, for the standout stat. And... You know, I'll get to MVPs and stuff towards the end because I think there is a guy. There's a couple of guys that you can nominate for, for that award, but I have one in mind. So before we move on to the offensive discussion of this um, podcast, I have to tell you about the Knucklehead podcast hosted by former NBA players Quinton Richardson and Darius Miles. The guys bring on some of the best NBA players past and present to have a completely unguarded conversation about sports culture and basketball nostalgia. The guests for this season include Kevin Durant, Jason Tatum, Sue Bird, and the Chicago Bulls star guard, DeMar DeRozan. Listening to the Quinn Richard, listening to Quinn Richardson and Darius miles do their thing. is like playing NBA 2k with no fouls. So make sure to check out the knuckleheads podcast wherever you listen to your podcast. This is Nicholas Moriano, and this is the Chicago Audible Podcast. Let's talk about this Bears offense, and you know what? I'm going to go down here, too, because we do have some live viewers. kind of want to see what you guys are saying in the chat. If you have any questions, comments, concerns about this Bears game, please leave them in, because it's just me. I can definitely put them up on the screen here. But 
yeah, when I look at this Bears offense, obviously nine points, obviously not good enough, but I think we're going to, we should start as we usually do is talking about Justin Fields on a night where you look at the point total. It's not obviously where you want it to be, but we're trying to evaluate just him as a quarterback. Is he progressing or not? I think there was, there was a lot of good things you saw from Justin Fields where you look at maybe the fourth and one play to David Montgomery, where look, that's a, that's a placement where he threw the ball where only David Montgomery can get on that wheel route. Perfect placement. The ball to Cole Komet over the middle of the field, perfectly placed. You look at some of the third downs where he had to run for it, making that decision quickly. Far, I think you could see from where he started that very first game against the Cleveland Browns where he's at now, I think he is a little bit more decisive when he needs to run. But on the other side of things, we have to be uh, fluid with this conversation. He's still holding on to the ball too long. And the fumbling issues are, they are a problem. He's already lost five this year. And it seems like, you know, when he gets in space, I don't know if he's just not uh, being mindful of the, the ball security or whatever it may be, but that that is an issue. And he needs to clean that up. And I think, honestly, it's a correctable issue. So it's not, I don't think it's very glaring, but you're taking away opportunities for an offense that clearly just needs all of them to have any potential of putting up points or being successful on any given night but those are issues he did have some missed throws there was the the one to Darnell Mooney it was late the second to last drive of the game it was the left corner of the end zone where he just he just overthrows Darnell Mooney um can't make the catch because the ball really wasn't there and then just holding on to the ball like I was saying there's a couple of sacks where you're just wondering what is what is Justin Fields thinking where hey just throw the ball away live to play another down. And this is where I want to get to the, the whole Tevin Jenkins personal foul play. And I asked, I asked Matt, uh, Justin Fields in his post-game press conference, what he thought of that. And he was all in favor of it. He loved how, you know, Tevin Jenkins was there for him, kind of provided that, that support for what, uh, you know, rewatching it. It's not necessarily a late hit, but it was really close to the sideline. But here's the problem I have with that play. And I, I kind of phrased it that way on Twitter last night when I was watching it. It's Justin Fields shouldn't, shouldn't have been in that situation in the first place. As he's kind of rolling right to the sideline, there's nothing there. And I think with Justin Fields, it's he wants to try to make plays. No matter what, he wants to try to make these plays. But he was getting into an area of the field where there's nothing there. He can't make the play. Throw it away and avoid the hit. By the time he got to where he was at, he still held the ball and then threw it. The defender has a right to hit him. And you know what? Tevin Jenkins standing up for him and kind of getting in his face, obviously retaliating and getting that personal foul. There was none of that in week three against Cleveland. Remember when he saw Bears offensive lineman looking at fields while he was on the ground because they couldn't block? Tevin Jenkins only being, you know, in his second career start, is not going to let that happen to his quarterback. And I like that from him. Now he does need to be a better, just he needs to be able to bring that physicality in between the whistle or, you know, as the play's going on, like Justin Fields alluded to also when he answered my question. So that's one area um, that I think he still needs to show improvement on. But he did also say like, hey, um, one of the reporters asked him, where do you feel like your strengths are at this point in the season? He said, high tempo, outside the pocket. And really, 
when you look at this season as a whole from Justin Fields and the play calling that goes along with it, I don't know if we've seen anywhere close to enough of that. And no, you can't run play action bootlegs and naked bootlegs every single time or run a high tempo offense all the time. But you can use it sparingly within each game to be a kickstarter to maybe provide that rhythm. The Bears really haven't done that to help Justin Fields in any of these games so far. So it's kind of my assessment on him, the good, the bad, the ugly. You have it all which ways when it comes to Justin Fields. In terms of the rest of the offense, like, you know, when you look at the stats here, Cole Komet's your leading receiver and doesn't even feel like he should have been. I think obviously the big play alluded to over the middle of the field with the six receptions, 71 yards, but there were so many drop passes and missed opportunities there was one play where justin fields there was a play action hit starnell mooney on the right side the bears do the exact same thing rolling left demir bird drops the ball on the play where justin fields overthrew darnell mooney in the left corner the bears come back to the right side to demir bird he drops the ball on fourth and one jimmy graham the one opportunity what the guy gets in the game and it where his bread and butter in the in the red zone in the end zone, Justin Fields gave him a catchable ball, an opportunity at least, drops it. The Bears, I think, turned it over on downs there. So his guys were not helping out. His offensive line was not helping out. He wasn't help, helping out his offensive line at times. And the play calling for Matt Nagy wasn't helping either. So just complete and utter dysfunction from everybody. But that's what kind of – that's why the Bears are where they are, 4-10, and 10 mathematically eliminated from the playoffs, only scoring nine points against the Minnesota Vikings. And really the Bears against the Vikings at Soldier Field, what the past, this game and the one previous, um, it's not good. Because that was the last game with Nick Foles' quarterback. Only touchdown in that game, and that was also a night game, was Cordell Patterson's kick return. So the Bears clearly have an issue with, with this defense. And they'll obviously face the Minnesota Vikings in a couple of weeks um, in Minnesota to close out the 2021 season. So this is an offense that I think when you really look at it, nothing new, right? All the same problems, the inefficiency on third downs, like I said, two of 12, the fourth, the fourth and down in one play too. Let's talk about that real quick because Darnell Mooney talked about it in his post-game press conference. He was late to hear the designation um, in the play where there's a certain name and it changes his uh, position on the receiver end. And, you know, he needs to hear that to know where to line up. So he was in the backfield lined up late and that put the play off Justin Fields because the Vikings were in a cover two defense. He looked one way and didn't look when Darnell Mooney was open. So there was just complete utter dysfunction on the fourth and one bears end up turning it over on the downs because Justin Fields gets sacked. He has nowhere to go, but, Still, I don't like the play because you're running it. You're running a naked to the short side of the field. I think limiting the window of where you can possibly go with that pass. And when you have people lined up in the wrong spot, timings off, and the, the defense. And Justin Fields did credit the defense as well for making it tough for them. And defense made it tough on the Bears' offense all night. So, yeah, there's just you, you saw a little bit of everything in this game. And obviously the only touchdown the bears scored came in the very last play of the game from Jesper Horstead. And you know, that 80, what I forget how many plays, but 80 yard drive 
padded the stats for Justin Fields. And I don't think the stats tell the full story both ways, good or bad. But this was a offensive performance that, you know, very similar to some of the other ones we have seen this season. Um, Yeah, Rob, I don't know about uh, the Fields is out of the league in four years. I don't get the the whole let's make a bold claim in Justin Fields' rookie season with obviously a coordinator, a staff that's inept at calling and providing an offense that is beneficial for any quarterback. It just doesn't make sense to me when Bears fans go to that extreme length to make that designation. But you do you. Um, Justin Fields, I think, will be just fine. Bears just need to do their part in building around him, providing him with the weapons. And look, the Bears were out without Allen Robinson, who whatever feelings you have towards him, still a guy that defenses have to at least look towards. You also didn't have Marquise Goodwin. You had Daz Newsom, who lined up offsides on an offensive play and in that play also gets just shoved by uh, Anthony Barr. So yeah, just, it just doesn't make, um, you know, you have all that out of there and you don't have Bill Lazor. A lot of things didn't go right, but a lot of it can be looked at. The Bears just need to look at themselves in the mirror and just blame themselves. Offensively, I don't think there's really much else to talk about. David Montgomery had, you know, I, I haven't talked, but talked about him real quickly. The Bears, they were, I think they tended to run on first down. And there was like a mixed bag from David Montgomery. He had a bunch of, I would say, negative to one to three yard runs. And then you saw some nine yard runs, a 16 yard run, another nine yard run. So you see this mixture, but that inconsistency, I think, attracted all the runs on first down. It ended up coming out to a 3.3 yard average. Not ideally what you want to get against this Minnesota Vikings defense in. You know, there were a lot of times in this game where the Bears were at second and long, third and long. And what does Matt Nagy do? Hey, on second and 18, run up the middle of David Montgomery, gain of one. Second and 20 plus. Let's throw a screen at David Montgomery. See, it's it's things like that. The play calling, the just, it's just not connecting. But hey, that's um, that's the Bears offense. And that's why hopefully if management recognizes that this isn't going to work, this is not going to be what's going to be best for Justin Fields, they change that. But uh, that's putting a lot of faith in the Bears. All right, you guys. Um, Yeah, let's see. Anything else in the comments here about – no, no, not really. But, yeah, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll probably get to this defensive discussion because, honestly, there wasn't really much to, to talk about with this this offense. Um, yeah, Kyle, I, I, I addressed the fumbles with Justin Fields. That is a, that is a problem. Like he has, I think 11 fumbles on the season. Five of them have been lost. He needs to clean that up. But if that's his problem, I think that's a correctable one. I really do. It's just about having that ball security. Once you leave the pocket, knowing that people are going to be grabbing at it, knowing too, that, Hey, you put it on tape that you fumbled the ball. Maybe there's an extra peanut punch. There's an extra, I don't know, emphasis to hit guys. But, and that too, actually, like Justin Fields has taken some hits in this game. The Eric Kent, uh, Hendricks hit, um, right? Um, the linebacker hit him right in the head. It's about time Justin Fields actually got that call his way because there have been a lot, a lot of plays like that this season where I don't know if the refs just, they turn their head or they just, whatever it may be, it's about time he got that. And that's why I think Tevin Jenkins also, 
kind of release that frustration in a sense because he doesn't like seeing his quarterback hit. And like I said earlier, I I'm okay with it. I just didn't like how Justin Fields held the ball on, held the held the ball for that long to put himself in that situation in the first place. All right. Let's kind of go to transition to the Bears defense, which I think was a surprise from for everybody, but we'll we'll definitely talk about it. Um, before we talk about that defense, I have to tell you about our partnership with Owen. If you're like me and Mason, who's usually here with me, we like to work out and stay active. And after a great workout, it's important to give your body the amino acids it needs to repair and rebuild proteins. And that's why we drink Owen. That's right. Owen, which stands for only what you need. All of Owen's products are plant-based, free of artificial ingredients, and are allergen-friendly. Plus, Owen uses high-quality and carefully selected ingredients to make all of its products easily digestible, like the Pro Elite Chocolate High Protein Shake. Had one of those earlier today in my workout at Bears Fit. Fantastic. And it has 35 grams of protein. And I first heard about Owen from Chicago Bears quarterback, Justin Fields, who does follow a plant-based diet. You can get 20% off your first purchase with code TCA20 at liveowenowyn.com. That's 20% off your first purchase at liveowen.com. Remember to use that code TCA20. Join myself, Mason, the Chicago Audible, and Justin Fields, and try Owen only what you need. All right, this is Chicago Audible Podcast. I am your host, Nicholas Moriano, about to talk about this Bears defense. If you would have told me that at the end of this game, Kirk Cousins would have thrown for 87 passing yards, Justin Jefferson would only have 47 yards receiving, Dalvin Cook, after going off against Pittsburgh on Thursday night football, over 100, 200, 200 yards rushing was held to 89, I would have said, no way, especially with all the guys the Bears are missing in this one. But you have to give credit to Sean Desai. You have to give credit to the guys that played because they stepped up and really held a Minnesota Vikings offense that was scoring points, moving the ball, and really made life difficult for them. I alluded to a couple of the plays where, hey, there's a blown coverage, and uh, Amir's Marset gets a touchdown. Justin Jefferson beats Deion Bush one-on-one on a, on a corner route. There's a touchdown. Outside of that, there wasn't much that the Vikings can hold their hats on. And Kirk Cousins not capitalizing on, on a Bears secondary that, one, was missing its whole entire starting unit. And he had guys like Kendall Vildor and, you know, uh, Deion Bush, but Thomas Graham Jr. And that's where I want to start this, this discussion on defense. What a What a surprise. And, one, I know a lot of fans are thinking this. Why wasn't he on the active roster sooner? I'll say this. In training camp, I was there for most of the days there. Thomas Graham Jr. was pretty quiet. There, there weren't a lot of opportunities for him. Did he make some plays? Yes. But he just wasn't as consistent. And, yeah, he just got drafted. And it makes sense. But it, it's it's hard, I think, to evaluate those lower-end guys when obviously they're not getting – those game-like reps, and you're just in practice. But you also got to see what you have out there as your starting players, and clearly Kendall Vilder wasn't getting the job done. Xavier Crawford in the slot. Wherever you wanted to put Thomas Graham, it wasn't working. So it, to me, 
you know, I wrote a couple of weeks ago. It's like, it's time to get Thomas Graham Jr. Activated on, on the roster. And he did today. The Bears activated him. Smart move and a very predictable one considering how he played. But he had a game, a fantastic game in all phases, whether it was tackling coverage wise, making a play on making the play on the ball. Like he, he was everywhere. And that was really encouraging to see against again, a Vikings offense that, coming into this game was passing the ball pretty effectively, but Thomas Graham Jr. did a very good job in this one. And, you know, Matt Nagy talked about that. And even Akeem, like Akeem Hicks was asked about it. It's, it's nice to see those kind of guys step up and make the most out of their opportunity. And we'll see now he's got three games to kind of just show what he, what he can do. And maybe we'll make it interesting for that second corner spot. Who knows? But it was really encouraging to see him play the way he did. Alec Ogletree in the middle, actually the Bears inside linebackers. It was interesting on the Vikings' first offensive possession, they decided let's not even target Justin Jefferson. The first offensive possession, I remember tweeting that out like that's a bold move. Like let's try to test the Bears' inside linebackers, the, the two guys that they actually still have on the starting unit. And Alec Ogletree was just everywhere. And that first defensive possession, he makes a nice tackle in the backfield on Cook. And then he has the third down stopping coverage on the tight end down the left sideline. Really good um, effort by Ogletree all night. You saw that from Roquan Smith beating some plays on, on screens where Dalvin Cook had space. Roquan Smith there to close out. I don't know if he's motivated by not making the Pro Bowl, which at, at this point is just a joke. And I know Bears fans can definitely agree with that um, because there's there really is no good reason to not have him there. Popularity contest, but he should be recognized not only by other fan bases, but his peers as one of the best at his position. But we're 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 going too far, I think, a little bit. Um defensively, too, it was nice to see 96 Akeem Hicks back there wreaking havoc against the Vikings right guard. I think he was on the left side too, but I primarily saw him against the right guard that the Vikings had, just pushing him back, dominating, using that power and getting to Kirk Cousins. So that was great to see. And I, I think what, not what fueled Akeem Hicks, because he's just a passionate player in its own, but I think he knows that his, obviously he knows his time in Chicago is coming to an end. So seeing him just kind of play with that continued passion that he's always played with was great to see in, in a loss, right? It's, it's tough to kind of keep that motor going, but for Akeem Hicks, that's completely out of the question. Now, with all the good that the defense did, and they did get a turnover with the Deion Bush interception where Kirk Cousins was, just threw it in the middle of the field, Justin Jefferson, I think Marquis Christian um, collided, trip. Marquis Christian may have held him, wasn't called. But there was the one, the set. it was the second drive of the third quarter. And I'm going to quickly go to that one here over uh, on the stats. But that's where I think, honestly – and it's crazy to say, eleven that drive started with 11-32 remaining of the third quarter. That's where the Bears lost the game. And it it goes in part two, one, some calls that just are, how do I put this? Tease Tabor got penalized for playing defense, right? There was a third down and 18, and the Bears made a stop. on. It was within the inside Minnesota's 20. Tease Tabor tries to make a tackle on who is it? I think it's Dalvin Cook. Yeah, it's Dalvin Cook. Goes low. 
I it looks like he's trying to make the tackle, but he takes out the offensive lineman's legs. Bears get penalized there. All right. Bears get penalized there. Minnesota 15. Move it up 15 yards. They're at the Minnesota 35. The Bears are playing defense again. They get to third down and three. And then you have, and I still don't know where this penalty was at. The Tashawn or Travis Gibson, sorry, the Travis Gibson unnecessary roughness play, 15 yards on third and three. That drive drive keeps on getting extended, extended, and eventually it leads to Smith Marset's touchdown pass. And this was a drive that should have been done and over with inside the Minnesota 20. But the two penalties, the inability to stop again the Vikings on those next couple of plays and blowing a coverage to Smith Marset. That's where the ball got to 17-3. And that was a wrap because this Bears offense wasn't going to score. Because after that touchdown, you guys, just looking at it, the Bears defense forced not one, but two, but three, four straight three and outs. And yet the Bears could not capitalize on any one of those next opportunities despite good field position, despite having a block punt by Damian Williams. The Bears offense couldn't do anything. And that defense, missing its entire starting secondary, kept Kirk Cousins 87 passing yards. Justin Jefferson just to 47 yards. Dalvin Cook under 100. And the offense had nothing to show for it. And that's been... That's been such a common thing in the Matt Nagy era. And he was he was asked about it, and, of course, there wasn't really any substance in his answer. But that's just where we're kind of at with, um, you know, now three games remaining in the 2020-2021 regular season. So, yeah, nothing um, nothing new. And that's, that's again, I wrote an article, um, reoccurring Bears issues or Bears, yeah, Bears issues lead to their loss. Some Bear goggles on if you want to check it out. We've seen this story over and over again. And that's why the Bears are 4-10. and A quick hit on special team. Now we're going to the fourth quarter of this show. Oh, you what? Like I talked about the Damian Williams blocked punt. Um, Pat O'Donnell had a hell of a punt. I'm trying to remember how far that, that punt went. But he did a fantastic job of just pinning the Minnesota Vikings deep in their own territory after the Bears you know, weren't able to sustain a drive offensively. So um, great on their part. Uh, You had a Cairo Santos, what, missed 49-yard field goal, if I'm not mistaken, trying to – yeah, let's see. Here we go. It was a 49-yard field goal, and I feel like ever since that Pittsburgh game, it's just – it hasn't been automatic for Cairo Santos, right? He he had 30-plus made straight field goals up until that point where he missed, what, 50 – plus yarder and now ever since then he's had kicks tipped blocked things of that nature misses and here's another one that got tipped by the vikings defender and ended up falling short on a 49 yarder so that's kind of like the bears special teams in a rep obviously demir bird's muff pun and the only reason he's out there is because jakeem jakeem grant left the game with a concussion and you lose a guy that just had a punt returner the last week, and you put a, a guy that it's not that he's unfamiliar with the position, he just doesn't get the reps that obviously Jakeem Grant will get throughout the entirety of the week and is familiar with playing it under the lights and all that good stuff. You didn't have that. 
and Demir Bird and muffs a punt and still the Bears force a three and out afterwards. But like I said earlier, Bears offense couldn't do anything with that. All right, you guys, is there uh, any anything in the comments here? Thank you. One, appreciate everyone that's actually here listening to Bears football on a Tuesday when football – it's weird. Football is going to be played in, in a little bit. I, I need Odell Beckham to do something or I'm kicked out because I had Tom Brady. I had Rob Gronkowski in my playoffs, and you saw what they did against the Saints. Absolutely nothing. So I need, uh, I need Odell Beckham to go – go off for me to, to have a chance, but we'll see what happens. Um, so to kind of close up this show, like I said, it's going to be shorter. We're just passing the 30 minute mark. Appreciate everyone again for, for staying with me and just listening to me recap this bears 17 to nine loss to the Minnesota Vikings. But let's go like the MVP of this game for, for bears fans. If you want to put in the chat, feel free to do so. But for me, it's gotta be, it's gotta be Thomas Graham jr. I think he, he played, he played, man, like it, it was a dominant performance. He was arguably the best defender on the field. And that's not saying it lightly. You look at collectively what the bears are doing. And yes, Ogletree had a really good game. Rokon Smith had a really good game, but Thomas Graham Jr. What he was doing in coverage, tackling, even making plays on the ball for a guy that is a rookie coming into this game, his first career start, that's impressive. So he gets my MVB, and, you know, I'm really looking forward to see what he can do. Like, I was at the Senior Bowl uh, just watching him, and he was one of the most consistent corners against those wide receivers there at the Senior Bowl. And I kept noting him, Thomas Graham Jr., number four from Oregon, making some plays, sticky in coverage. And the Bears ended up drafting him, and, you know, I was excited to see him come on the bears and now for him to get this opportunity. Hey, that's, that's great for him. Let's see if he can capitalize on it. And now to kind of move on from MVB to the two minute warning of this show, the bears are at four and 10. There's um, obviously no chance for playoffs mathematically eliminated from it. Now at this point of the season, here, here are a couple things I'm looking for. It's always going to start and end with Justin Fields and how, He's progressing or maybe showing signs of regression. Anything is going to be under the microscope and just be, I think, analyzed to an extreme point, and it should be. He's a quarterback, and people are already making their, I guess, their designation of what he's going to be in his rookie season, which is crazy to me, but you do you. Uh, Watching Justin Fields, how he does. Watch Tevin Jenkins. Like This is a guy that has had some penalty issues, and now his second career start, Yes, you saw that fiery passion and that that grit that you saw at Oklahoma State, but we need to see it in between the whistle, right? In between the whistles, just to kind of see what he's capable of. And there were a couple of plays where he's driving people back, shoving people out of the way. Let's see that consistently. Um, Steven, real quick, what's up with Will? He just had a baby, and he's 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 having he's taking a break for real quick. So I'm kind of holding the fort down. We'll see if he comes back this season. I don't know the answer to that, but that's what's going on, Steven. And for anybody that's been asked, I know a lot of people ask about that, like on Twitter, um, in the comments here, but that is where Will is at. And he actually got me some sweet Christmas gifts. Uh, got a nice, um, what is it? A nice like Iowa light up clock, like that you hang up really cool. And some, uh, what is it? 
Funko Pops, right? Is that what they're called? Yeah. I got a Spider-Man one and Captain America one. If you haven't seen Spider-Man, go check it out. Amazing. All right, getting on tangent here. And then also going to watch, you know, you'll watch Thomas Graham Jr. You'll watch some of these younger players. I still want to see what Travis Gibson can do in these last three games. And, hey, um, that guy, Richard Dent, 17 and a half sacks. Uh, Robert Quinn has 16. Can he break it? He has three games remaining to do that. I think he's got it. You have Seattle. You have the Giants, who no Daniel Jones for the Giants. If it's Mike Glennon, uh, he's going to get a sack on Mike Glennon. Uh, or it could be Jake Fromm. So, yeah, there's definitely going to be that to watch or the final game against Minnesota again, uh, Kirk Cousins. So that's also something to be mindful of, and I'm glad people brought this up. Yeah, Cole Komet, I think, is a guy that is worth watching because we still need to see. I Like, I'm not sold one way or another. I'm not going to, again, prematurely make that that claim that Cole Komet can't be a productive player for this Bears offense or can be. I still need to see it. Let's see what he can do in these last three games. Um, yeah, is that is that really it? I, I think they're – maybe we'll see more Khalil Herbert too. We haven't seen – ever since David Montgomery got back in the fold and being the primary guy, Khalil Herbert has taken obviously a downward – uh, trend in terms of offensive reps, and I get it, but it would be nice to see him get into the the mix of things. Maybe even a Jesper Horstead as well. Cut the only Bears touchdown against the Vikings. See what he can do, and then obviously like keep Thomas Graham in the mix. And yeah, I think that's really what you want to see from this Bears team. There, there's you know, okay, Kyle. I like Borum, Larry Borum. Once he gets off the reserve slash COVID nineteen list, another guy. You, yeah, see your starting tackles for the future with Jenkins and Borum, how they can click and, you know, just build that chemistry along that offensive line, which I think realistically could be changing on the interior too. You look at Cody Whitehair's season, how it's been really up and down. I asked him about how he has played in one of the press conferences earlier last week, and, you know, he alluded to it's been up and down. And then really Sam Mustafer hasn't – he hasn't shown you anything – to where you can say, yeah, we should bring him back. There, there, there hasn't been that that play from him, that consistent play. So, yeah, that could be changing there. But that's really it, you guys. And you know, it's it's uh, what I also said in my stand up at Soldier Field before. Again, like I said, the lights cut off. Is like I'm just curious to see which what players, knowing that they're out of the playoffs, play with some pride. Who's going to show up? Who's checking out? Jalen Johnson said in a podcast that there are players that have checked out. And I doesn't surprise me. Would it surprise any of you? I don't think so. Knowing that this is your season, there's no playoffs involved. You have, I think, coaching that's been so inconsistent all season. It, it doesn't surprise me, but I'm, I'm curious to see who's still in it for these next three games. And I guess we'll find out Sunday against the Seattle Seahawks. But, hey, guys, thank you so much for, you know, hanging out with me here. I'm almost going to get to 40 minutes. Not quite, but I do appreciate you guys tuning in, listening, and for everyone that will download this podcast on their way to work, um, maybe maybe on their way to the workout when they try an Owen protein shake, definitely check that out, TCA20. But, again, thank you guys so much. Sorry this was later. Um, those night games, man. They uh, 
they drag, <laughs> especially when it's a game like that, 17 to nine, and the Bears offense is non existent. They definitely do drag. But I'll leave it at that. Appreciate everyone for tuning in. We'll do a preview show at some point later this week. But until next time, bear down, Chicago. Bear down.